Hey, Salt Lake, at the risk of being too personal, is your mattress sagging? If you are rolling into a taco every night, I am begging you to visit your local mattress warehouse and just try something a little firmer. Your spine is the center of your being, and I don't just want you to have good posture. I want you to Disney princess your way around this city, flush with optimism from a good night's sleep. Visit mattresswarehouseutah.com to find the location nearest you. That's mattresswarehouseutah.com. Here's what Salt Lake's talking about. The term gender-affirming care has become politicized in Utah, especially since the state now prohibits gender-affirming care for transgender minors. But what does gender-affirming care actually mean? Because according to one patient, people all over this city are pursuing it every day. It's Tuesday, August 22nd. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Al Fernandez, you just underwent a breast reduction procedure at the University of Utah. When did you start thinking about getting a breast reduction? I think the idea popped into my mind initially in my late teens. I developed really early, so it was something that like, I was very aware of my body very young. But I didn't consider the surgery until once I was in my 20s. And my early 20s, I kind of wanted it, but knew, you know, I was still developing. I still needed time to let my body mature. Uh, So I just kind of sat on it, continued to reflect on it. And this last year I turned 29 and I finally was kind of like, you know what, I've waited a really long time. I've reflected on this. And right now I have an insurance that if I can jump through the right hoops would cover things for me. So I thought, you know, yeah. Let's make the initial appointment and find out what's possible. Yeah. Well, I mean, it sounds like you've been giving this thought for more than a decade. Why was it so important to you? There's a few things with it that I feel like really pushed me to make the decision. The first being just general body pain and discomfort. I've had like a lot of pain between my shoulders, in my neck, in my back. And anyone who has back pain can vouch for the fact that that will radiate out into other parts of your body. So you'll go from maybe having your shoulders hurting to all of a sudden your knees are hurting and walking around isn't as comfortable. So that was like a big motivator for me is the physical restrictions that I was dealing with. And then the other part for me was that I see it as gender affirming care. Um, I identify as non-binary. And while I enjoy presenting in a variety of masculine, feminine, or androgynous manners, I felt like my chest kind of impeded my like body euphoria and the comfort that I felt in that expression. And so it was something that, you know, I reflected on for a long time to make sure it felt like the right decision for me and not a decision I was making to fit within a box that maybe others had projected or that I had witnessed in society. Do you think that we should broaden our understanding as a society of gender-affirming care from what it is right now? Because I think a lot of people wouldn't think of breast implants or breast reduction as necessarily gender-affirming care. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it doesn't hurt anything to expand our viewpoint on it and our ability to welcome others to step into that comfort within their own body. You know, I'm sure there are plenty of people that, I mean, to put it in a really small scale, maybe for someone going to the gym and feeling strong is affirming to their gender, to their identity. You know, not all gender affirming care necessarily has to be a surgical thing, but I think why not be open to broadening our scope of, okay, this is something that helps someone feel more comfortable in their body, more confident, more within themselves. I think why not welcome that if it's not hurting others, if it's not, you know, literally getting in the way of someone being okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, all healthcare is cost prohibitive in this country, it feels. Mm -hmm. And one of the things about your story that I was really interested to learn is you mentioned you have health insurance and you figured out how to get your health insurance to cover this surgery in its entirety. And I want to know how you did that. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. This is something that like I am really excited to share because I think a lot of people don't realize that this is very much possible because it is framed as a purely cosmetic surgery a lot of the times. But the reality is that if you are able to have your, so for in my case, at least, I had documented back pain and attempts to kind of mitigate that pain and manage it through chiropractic work, through physical therapy, through, I mean, even at some points, my doctor would prescribe pain medication or muscle relaxers to try to manage it. And so I went to my primary care physician and just kind of expressed, you know, how I was feeling and the discomfort and the fact that I had tried other steps and that I, at this point, would really just appreciate a referral to see if it's even a possibility with a plastic surgeon. And that is the first step to try to get your insurance to cover it, is to go through the referral process for the pain or discomfort that it might be causing you. And then that's when your insurance kind of kicks into the process and starts to work in tandem with your doctor, or else you're just kind of Mm. going to a plastic surgeon separate of that. And that's why it would be purely cosmetic if you don't work through your PCP, your primary care physician. Hmm. What kind of evidence do you have to provide? I mean, like, do you need receipts that you've been, you know, maybe seeing a chiropractor or something for a decade? Like, how much do you need to prove? Right. So from what I understood, there had to be at least two separate attempts to try to like manage what you were dealing with. And the the what I had is that like I had done physical therapy within my own insurance plan. So that was already documented. I had the proof of the medication that I had been prescribed as like a treatment for the pain. And then I did out of my own like prep, I did go through and just pull the receipts that I literally had from the chiropractor so that if they were like, oh, well, you need to prove that you've done this, I could say, oh, look, I've paid X amount of dollars to try to treat this. Or I could have, you know, reached out to the chiropractor and said, hey, can you send me just a a folder or a file that shows how many visits I've had? Because that is something that I thought, well, maybe they'll ask for that. But just with the proof of me doing physical therapy and having documented complaints with attempted 
treatment plans that didn't work or that were just band-aids and not treating the actual issue. Salt Lake City, what if this is the year you host Easter dinner or brunch? Harmon's makes big meals easy to prepare with delicious holiday specialties made from scratch. Just heat and serve, baby. Lay a pre-cooked honey ham on the table and absorb the compliments from your family or friends. They don't need to know you napped instead of staring down the oven. And if you're not the host but need something to bring, here are just a few of my favorite spring ideas. First of all, Harmon's fragrant Easter lilies will impress anybody's mom or delight a neighbor. Now there's no need to even heat up a pre-made side like deviled eggs or fresh cut pineapple, but bonus points if you transfer them into your own dish. And as listeners of this show well know, I will lose my mind if you show up to my house with Harmon's hot cross buns. I invite you to make some new Easter traditions with Harmon's. The process of being embroiled in healthcare-related paperwork, from my personal experience, and I wonder if you have felt this as well, can be incredibly lonely. Yes. In what ways was community support a part of this process for you, getting you over the finish line? Mm -hmm. I think community support was like, I don't want to say everything, but it was huge. I had so many friends and loved ones that were like, if you need help, you know, calling your insurance and asking for an appeal before we knew whether or not they would approve it, they were like, let me know. Or if you need help filling out paperwork, you know, I'll go over it with you. Because otherwise, you're kind of just stuck there alone trying to Google an understanding of what maybe certain words mean or what you're really signing on to. But I felt like I really had a lot of people rallying around me to make sure that I could have someone every step of the way if I wanted them there. Yeah. Were you nervous? Yeah, I was really nervous. I think when I make decisions, I tend to be fairly confident in them before I get to that point. And my nerves, I don't think, had to do with whether or not I wanted to move forward. It's just something that I knew would be a really big change. I mean, you're undergoing a surgery that even though you're getting an outcome that you want, surgery is a bit of a trauma to your body. And it's a big mental adjustment to go from the size that my body was to waking up and it being immediately different and having to like kind of dive into that with confidence. Like the day of, I tried to have a really positive attitude, but I won't lie. There were some weeks in the process where I was like bawling my eyes out because I was like doubting myself just from the pressure of it being a reality, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I want to ask you without asking you to dole out any kind of medical advice, Mm -hmm. like for anyone listening who feels connected to your story or who feels disconnected from their body in some Mm -hmm. way. Are there things you wish you knew going into this, like any advice for Al six months ago? Yes. I think there's a a good amount of things that I would definitely kind of bring to someone's attention. The first, which seems maybe a little superficial, but you can't really wash your own hair for a couple weeks because you're not supposed to lift your arms up to a certain spot. 
So I'm very lucky. I have a friend who's a hairstylist and I would go have my hair washed by her and blown out. And then I would go back home to just sleep on the couch again. But just, you know, making sure that your support system is ready to do these like things that we feel so self-sufficient in, right? So be it washing Mm. your hair, microwaving a meal for you because you're not supposed to yank open a microwave door that first week at least, filling up your water glass for you if there's a big jug, doing your laundry, like house chores are things that like you kind of have to either do in advance because you won't be able to do for a week or two at least, or being open and vulnerable to having people come into your home and support you in that way. That's something that I think mentally you have to kind of prep for. And then asking for help is hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's like very humbling, honestly. And I didn't really expect it to be such a humbling experience, but I do feel like I walked away with a lot of gratitude for the people in my life and the way that they were willing and able to show up for me. Another thing I would warn future me about is, man, will you get itchy? Like that is just wound healing (laughs) is just discomfort, you know? So just being patient with that feeling and reminding yourself like, I'm not going to be itchy forever or whatever it may be. And reminding yourself that those discomfort moments are moments of healing and trying to like center in that I think is really helpful just coming in prepared to like try to reframe, like accept what you're feeling, hold space for it, but reframe it as part of your healing process instead of constantly feeling like you're facing hurdles throughout the process. Yeah. I imagine one of the things that people considering any sort of like cosmetic surgery might be dealing with is Yes, there are going to be a lot of people in your community who are really supportive of you, but there might also be naysayers. Mm -hmm. Like, do you have advice for people who are anxious about getting feedback that's unwanted? Yeah, I think what's really important to remember with any surgery and especially any cosmetic surgery is that at the end of the day, you're the one that has to live with you. So you're better off honoring yourself, honoring what feels right for you and holding space for yourself and just knowing that maybe someone doesn't understand, but they might be doing their best to understand and they're just not in a place where they can do that. And that doesn't have to be the best for you, but that might be them doing their best. You know, I think that's something I tried to remind myself through this process is some people might not understand but I'm not doing this so that people can understand me. I'm doing this so that at the end of the day, I feel comfortable and confident in my own body. Any final thoughts? I think just kind of reiterating, like leaning into the relationships that you have that make you feel safe and make you feel cared for. I think it's really easy for us to think we're being a burden to others. But if you stop and think about your loved ones and if they asked you to come bring them a meal or do these small things that you're going to need, most of us wouldn't bat an eye and we would jump at the opportunity to do it. So just remember, there is always going to be someone who will be on your team and will try to support you to their best capacity. We just have to be open to that vulnerability and and to let them. 
Al Fernandez, I always learn more about community care from you. So I really Aww. appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you so much. I had a great time chatting about this. It was really, really fun to reflect on the whole experience. And I hope it's able to help someone figure it out. Utah's ban on gender-affirming care for transgender minors means that the travel time for Utah families to access this kind of care has increased eightfold. This reporting is from Axios Salt Lake. Now, according to the American Medical Association and the American Academy of Pediatrics, gender-affirming care is actually a medical necessity. So what's true is that families are not going to stop pursuing this kind of health care even if their drive is now six plus hours. That is all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Thank you for listening. We will be back tomorrow morning with more from around this city. Bye. Bye.